young ones. We got Maverick and Mabin, and like there's a lot of uh, little ones. Well, this morning um, is, uh, like Cece mentioned last uh, Sunday, one of my uh, favorite times, and uh, where we just share stories of God's goodness and faithfulness, things that we're thankful for, ways that we have seen uh, God work uh, in our lives. And this is a, such an important thing that we do, uh, because too often we can go from one thing to the next to the next, and just keep asking and asking and ask, asking, uh, without reflecting and looking back and saying, wow, God, you have done this and this and this, and we have so much to be grateful for. I never want to be an ungrateful people, um, people that just go on and keep begging for more things without recognizing the goodness of the Lord. And uh, I love that throughout the Old Testament, you see baked into their calendar were these celebrations, these festivals where they would stop and pause, and uh, numerous times they wouldn't have any work for the week, and they would just reflect on the goodness of God and give praise for what he has done. And so that's what I love about November and Thanksgiving. It's just a time to come together with food and family and friends and eat and just share uh, all the ways that God has been so good to us. And so I want to uh, lay the the foundation here uh, by reading just um, from Luke 17. Luke 17 is a story of the 10 lepers. And if you want to open up your Bible to this, uh, go ahead and do that. Luke 17, starting at verse 11. And it says, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance. Remember, lepers, they uh, could not be with the crowd because they were kind of ostracized and and put away because thought that they would uh, infect others. And so they were standing at a distance. And they lifted up their voices to Jesus saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give... Was, was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise up and go your own way. Your faith has made you well. There's so many things that we could talk about, but I just want to highlight one thing that's written in my Bible in the margin. And I wrote this uh, a number of years ago, and it was this, be the one. Be the one that turns back and gives praise. Because here, 10 people encountered Jesus, 10 people were healed, 10 people were delivered, 10 people were given new life. They were set free from their disease. They were going to go to the priest to show them, uh, you know, what had happened. And the priest would be like, yep, you're healed. But only one, after recognizing all that Jesus had done for them, went and fell at his feet and worshiped. And I want to be that one. I want to be like that leper. And I might not have been healed from a, a, a skin disease, but I've been healed for, from so much, of so much. Separation from God. I was healed through the blood of Jesus. Been given life in his spirit and the Holy Spirit to, to lead and guide. There is so much that we can give praise to God for. And so I always want us to be a, a community uh, that is the one. That is the one that turns back, doesn't just keep going with their life, say, hey, thank you, I'm going to keep moving, but turns back and tells Jesus, thank you for all that he has blessed us with. And so this morning, I'm going to open up the microphone and uh, have just a time of sharing. And here is where I want to challenge you. I um, did something in the last week that I rarely do, if ever do. 
something that stretched me. I was at a parenting seminar uh, this week at, at uh, Zealand High School. And I, believe it or not, rarely ask a question, rarely will raise my hand, rarely will speak out in a crowd. If I'm in a small group, I'm one of the last ones uh, to speak. I just don't like doing that. And on, uh, at this parenting seminar, I raised my hand and, and did something that makes me feel uncomfortable. And I asked a question that was on, on my mind, and the person answered it. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Uh, we know in this room who are the ones who don't, uh, who, who, who don't mind a microphone in their face. The ones who will have, are comfortable standing in, in front, and I appreciate uh, them uh, speaking into the microphone. But I want to encourage and challenge those who not normally are comfortable speaking into the microphone. I want to challenge you to share. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we are a, the body. And I don't want to just e hear from the, the earlobe ear or the, the toe. I want to hear from the fingers and the, the eyes and every other part of the body. And so if you think you have something to share, I want to challenge you to share it. Don't be bashful. Don't shy away. Just be like, I know, it might, you know even if it's short, you know, just stand up and share it. We want to hear from uh, a number of us. And uh, with that in mind, don't go on and on and on. Keep it short and uh, so that others uh, can share. So uh, who wants to start us out? Who's got a story uh, to share? I'm going to go with Chris, and then we'll go to Nancy. Stand up. I guess I should stand up. Hi, my name's Christopher. Um, I'm fairly new to this community. I never get the microphone. Um, I do have a. I have a lot to be um, thankful for. A lot. Uh, my life, actually, to be honest with you. This time last year, I was living on the street in uh, North Carolina. I think I was about a week before I died from a heroin overdose. Um, my girlfriend at the time had to bring me back to life. Um, and I, I was on my way, well on my way to rock bottom. Uh, I still hadn't hit rock bottom yet, believe it or not, even after dying. Um, I still had a ways to go. But come December, December 2nd, actually, uh, I cleaned up. I uh, checked myself into a rehab. I went from, from North Carolina to Pennsylvania, um, checked myself into a rehab did 30 days in the rehab and then cleaned up and uh, another two weeks or so I'll be celebrating a year clean and I've got my life back. Hi, I'm Nancy. Um, I don't like to talk in the mic. I prefer to talk with my hands because I interpret for deaf, the deaf and so speaking is, I'd rather do this. <laughs> um, Dave, you kind of said everything I wanted to say about being the body. And you guys truly, um, I was a recipient of the church actually being the body in the last year, two years. Um, um, and since Jeff died, you have continued to be the body and I wouldn't have survived without you. And um, I just appreciate the body. And, um, and the healing that's happened in my life, Jeff was healed ultimately, um, but I was healed through his his faith and through your faith and your support. And can't wait till that day when I see Jesus face to face, and then it'll be Jeff <laughs> next. So, thank you for being the body to me. 
Yeah, so I'm definitely, I felt like you were talking to me with the, you know, the people that don't feel comfortable um, with the microphone. So I, I've sat here every week for at least 12 months, and he goes around asking if anyone has anything to say. I've, I felt it put on my heart to, to just take a moment and, and give give thanks for all the, the, the blessings that I've experienced. And, uh, and then every Sunday I, I say, you know what, I'll do it, I'll do it next week. And then last Sunday, I, I woke up early, and I said, okay, today's the day I wrote down some things, and I thought I'm going to just be a little bit prepared, and I'm going to say something. And then, and then when the time came, I, I didn't do it again, and then Dave gave this sermon that just matched so closely the things that I wanted to say. He talked about the, the faith that comes out of, of trial and, and, and suffering and perseverance and and how sometimes that's that's what we need to, to find Christ. And I, and I just I listened to it feeling like, just this guilt kind of building the whole time. And I confessed to him afterwards that, that I felt that. He said, okay, well, you can do it next week. And then, uh, <laughs> so then this week I thought, you know what, I, maybe I don't need to go to church on Sunday. <laughs> and uh, then I hoped he forgot about it. But, um, but no, I mean, about two years ago after, you know, a long downward spiral, I kind of found myself in a similar situation to Christopher. And I, you know, I'd been in jail for a couple of years in and out for drug possession. And uh, I just kind of had tried to get my life together. And I finally reached what they call kind of the end of myself, where I sort of, I just admitted my helplessness and I cried out to 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 God. And I said, you know, just open a way for me. I, I give up. You know, just show me where you want me to go. And, you know, I got out of jail shortly thereafter, and I and Jeremy, Rick's son, called me, and he said he had just got out of jail, and he was trying to get his life together. And I said, yeah, so am I. He said, well, you know what? My dad's my rock. And uh, he said, if we can do anything to help you, let me know. I ended up uh, staying with Rick and Jeremy. And that was, that was, that'll be two years ago in February. And, you know, my life is just night and day different now. He brought me to restoration in the men's group. And I, I just, it would take longer than I have to, to talk about the ways that that has blessed me. But it, it's just, it, I kind of, I'm reminded of two things, really, that, you know, in, in, in saying this. One is that, you know, what God puts on your heart to do, he'll equip you to do and enable you. So I say, okay, I can, I can do this. And the other thing is the, is the parable of the, of the talents. And I think, you know, I have this testimony that I should share and I keep wanting to bury it. You know, I should, I should be excited to share this. And I, I, you know, I'm not, it's just not in my nature to kind of do something like this. And I, I just feel like I, I need to give thanks not just here, but, you know, throughout my life and the people I come across because, you know, God has just blessed me in so many ways and I need to give the glory to him. I, I, and, and I guess I also have a, a prayer request that I don't, so I've, I've come so far, but he's done the heavy lifting. And my, I guess my prayer request is that I don't become, once again, kind of confident in my own strength and my own abilities so that... Uh, you know, I, I I can fall back into old patterns and routines and 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 not be grateful because I have so much to be grateful for. And and as a final thing, this this body has been a huge blessing to me too. I mean, the people of restoration, 
have just the men of the men's group have been just great influences in my life and really supported me and encouraged me in many ways. So thank you all too. Thank you, Carlos. And I thought you did a wonderful job. Like, you phenomenal. Great job sharing. Others. Get over there. Bunch of, bunch of shy people. Yeah, so I've been at college for about six months now, just being there in the summer and whatnot. But um, it's, been, it's been awesome. And I want to say, I want to thank God for the people that I feel like he's surrounded me with. Uh, my roommate is, he's awesome. And like, he's, so he's one of those guys I only went to like church on, you know, uh, like Christmas and like holidays and whatnot. And I've just seen him grow so much in his faith. He's starting to go to FCA. He loves FCA. He's starting to go to some youth group. He loves uh, youth group. But then, um, and then I have two more friends that are on the team. And then one, uh, it just goes to Western. And I felt like um, I just need to thank God for the friends that I have at Western because, I mean, um, friends kind of make up who you are. And so since I'm around good people, I feel like that's just a big blessing. And then I also want to thank you guys so much for the care package that y'all sent. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, I opened that up at my desk, and I saw all kinds of goodies. And my, my roommate was like, bro, your church sent you that? I was like, yeah, man, they're awesome. So thank you guys. It looks like you ate it, too. So you're a little bit bigger than before. So God has told me to do this. I'm not going to stand. I don't like standing and talking in front of people. It makes me more nervous. Um, but I want to say that every evening I go to bed and I just feel heavy and not in a dark place, but just heavy like bricks were thrown at me. And then I pray to God and say, Jesus, devil, flee. And then I have a relief of just happy and sh anxiety is all gone so just saying that God is there if you need him if the devil is there just pray to Jesus thank you Abby others by the way I see Asher there Asher's back from Zambia too from uh, uh, advanced mission training so good to see him as well Levi is not here but uh, he's back too so others those who are wrestling, like, oh, maybe I should share, maybe I shouldn't share. Is that, I was going to say, Emily, is that a hand? She's like, <laughs> Thanks. Hey, I'm, I'm adding to the list of those who hate talking into the microphone. But um, two things that I would say. First of all, I am celebrating today. Um, tomorrow I'll be married 30 years to my very best friend. So <laughs> that's pretty exciting. But also um, adding to the list, too, of just being incredibly thankful for this body of believers. We spent two weeks at the beginning of November in Nepal. And as we traveled, we realized that uh, the human trafficking world could not be darker. It's a, a world of evil. And yet um, there's stories of amazing transformation that are coming out of really dark places. And being able to be a part of that and being able to see transformation um, is the hope of Jesus. And so thank you so much for your prayers. We saw them at work on a daily basis. And we're privileged to continue to partner with our Daughters International. Thank you, John and Emily, or Emily and John. I mean, you sat there, you were encouraging. 
You know, by the way, if uh, about a year ago I uh, sat down with these guys and heard their story and uh, them being married 30 years, uh, their marriage started with who threw a ring at one another? Like, John was leaving for Colorado, wasn't really given permission, and Emily just chucked her wedding ring at him and said, fine. You know, so, and they're still together. Mr. Gruppen. Uh, so, in, in light of that, today is uh, Jenny and I's uh, 23rd anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 15 of the best years of my life. Honey. <laughs> but I'm. Uh... You know uh, just, just really grateful, uh, not only to, to be married to uh, an awesome, godly woman, um, but also just uh, grateful for this body as well. Um, we love this church, and, um, and uh, we're just grateful for all of you. So, yeah. She puts up with so much. <laughs> She's a saint. <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> Others. I'll be a little bit longer, and I've got you all beat. Uh, this year is a golden year for Jackie and myself. It's our June our 50th wedding anniversary, and just about 50 years ago today is uh, the anniversary of being uh, together in the Lord for 50 years. Um, and during those 50 years, we've had uh, been rich and we've been poor. Uh, We've uh, been praised and we've been humbled. We've uh, been blessed with uh, a bunch of wonderful children and their spouses, a whole bunch of wonderful grandchildren, including uh, Zane right here and uh, Pipes and the rest. And but we also had four grandbabies that died way, way too early. Y'all heard probably remember Cece's story, but we also have another daughter that lost two that were born premature and only lived for like an hour, died in her arms. And then we had one that uh, my youngest daughter was uh, carried a baby full term, and uh, but then died in the womb. And then uh, it was a miracle of how everything turned out that I won't tell the whole story, but uh, a lot of stress in that. Um, I've learned a couple of really important things that give you a piece of wisdom for those 50 years, and uh, I'm going to illustrate that with a, with a visual, and that is, uh, remember last week when uh, Dave talked about uh, the disciples in the boat with Sea of Galilee with uh, Jesus in the boat? Well, this is another one. This is when Jesus told the disciples to get in the boat and go across the sea, and um, uh, I'll meet you later, and turned out later was in the middle of the night and uh, they look out and they see this shadowy form walking across the water and it uh, Peter looks out and he goes Lord is that you Uh, bid me come and Jesus looked at him and he said come and from that I can get a couple of life lessons that I've learned one is that life is all about learning to hear the voice of the Lord to recognize the Lord's voice when he speaks to us. And the second thing is, and uh, I'm convinced of this, is that everything goes on in our life, the good and the bad, is we're learning to uh, trust in God. That's the main lesson he wants to do, to trust him in everything, because he loves us and he 
only desires the best for us. And whatever our plans are, his plans are so much more than us because he loves us. And then sometimes to experience the best of what God has, it requires us to jump out of that boat to come. Um, and I'm going to continue on a little bit longer here. Uh, Jackie and I met in January of 1971, and we were instantly real, real close. Um, they had a lot of things in common. Uh, the only thing we didn't have in common was that she believed in Jesus and she, as far as she can remember. And uh, I had been an atheist all through college. So uh, we got engaged, or, or that summer then, I get a phone call from Jackie and she says, Bob, my dad just prayed for me and I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I thought, la-di-da-da -da to me. So um, <laughs> the story behind that is that uh, Jackie's aunt went to visit her mother in South Bend and someone left a book on the bus seat uh, called Catholic Charismatics by Dor Kevin and Dorothy Ranahan. And that's a story about the beginning of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal starting at uh, a retreat at Duquesne University in 1967. So she gives that to Jackie's dad, and he gets really interested, and he goes, i got to find a prayer meeting. So he finds one in an abbey in Pawpaw, comes back that night, and uh, decides this, this is something I really want. But he doesn't know how to get it. So he says, well, I'm... I'm going to lay in bed, and I'm just going to pray the prayer of the name of Jesus. So he, he's laying in bed, and he goes, Jesus, 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 and prays all through the night. Gets up in the morning, goes to work. Next night, lays down, being the stubborn Dutchman he was, he goes, Jesus, 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 all through the night. Gets up the next morning, goes to work. Third night, lays down, and he goes, Jesus, Jesus, he starts praying in the Spirit. And he prayed through the Spirit for the rest of the night. And then after that, he went and he prayed for Jackie and the rest of the kids to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, apart from that, uh, somehow we still were able to get married. Got married on uh, June 3rd of 72. And I decided, and uh, it's funny because someone mentioned this, I decided, you know, as long as we avoid talking about religion or politics, life is going to be pretty sweet. That was a pretty logical thinking on my part. But it's a few months later, and we're at a family dinner at Jackie's parents' house. Now, family dinner at the Johnsons means uh, Jackie and I, her mother and dad, nine of her brothers and sisters, two of the brother-in-laws. And uh, dinner's over, and we're sitting around the table. And uh, a couple of cousins come over. And they, mom, their mom was really involved in Right to Life, and they had just come from stuffing the envelopes for mailing for right to life. And uh, so the talk turned to abortion, and it went from abortion to religion and from religion to politics. And uh, soon it was uh, Jackie's older brother, who was also an atheist, and myself against the world. And things started to get a little heated, and all the time Jackie's screaming at the Lord under her breath, and she's going, God, what are you doing? You're ruining, or this is ruining everything. So, come back to our apartment that night, and uh, I said, you know, it's only logical if God exists that I would believe in him, but I, I can't, there's no way I can relate. And I said, so what I want you to do is lay your hands on me and pray that, uh, that God will reveal himself to me. So she did, nothing happened. And then uh, what also happened when we left that night is my father-in-law, man, a few words, comes up to me and he goes, 
here's a couple of books, you might want to read them. So being a traveling salesman at the time, and I had time to read, I read those books, I gave them back to him the next weekend, he goes, oh, here's a couple more. So as I like to say, to use the word correctly, Cece, during the next couple of months, I literally read a couple dozen books. And I could understand, even growing up Catholic and uh, going to a Catholic school and going to Catholic college, that you know I knew all the, the stuff, but I really didn't understand why and all the stuff. And I could understand that. And then I started going to charismatic prayer meetings with Jackie, her dad was part of a leadership team in Kalamazoo, and there was like 120 people who would meet in the gym and the round. And, and I could see the power of God. I could see prayer being answered. I'd be reading some books and have some questions, and I'd come to the meeting, and someone would get up, and they'd have a prophecy, and uh, it would just be right to my question. And another person would get up, they'd have a prophecy, they'd answer another question. Someone would get up and have a sharing, and it was like slapping me across the head. And so it was the end of February, I mean the end of November, right about this date, Sunday afternoon, we're in our apartment, and I'm reading a book by Dr. Robert Frost, who's a biologist, and he was talking about how he came to know the Lord and uh, about leading some other people to the Lord. And I got excited, and I thought, well, okay. So I put the book down and said, oh, God, if you're, if you're real, just reveal yourself to me, and nothing happened. But for the first time, this was different than like the other three times I'd asked that because I was really disappointed that nothing happened. I mean, I wanted God so bad, and I, I couldn't have him. So I started reading again, and then there was a scripture from Luke where Jesus says, if you, mean, if your son asks you for a loaf of bread, and you, would you give him a stone? Or if he asks you for a fish, would you give him a snake? And you being evil, knowing how to give good things to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? And just something just clicked for me then, and I got down on my knees and I confessed my sins and promised the best of my ability I would try not to do those things again and I asked him to, uh, to come into my heart and to fill me with his Holy Spirit and I knew for me that to take that jump out of the boat I said I was just going to yield my tongue to your heavenly language and I knew just before the, even the breath came I went from not knowing to just having a relationship with Jesus, to just knowing him, just so strong that I knew I'd never be able to deny it. And then I uh, started praying in tongues, and and uh, life started changing. It didn't automatically change right away, but it started changing. And uh, 50 years we've been in the Word about every day, 50 years been praying in the tongues, and for me, singing in tongues about every day. And uh, so... I haven't gone through the hard things that some of you guys have gone through, but uh, I can tell you that uh, trusting a God uh, leads to a lot of wonderful things. I love that. 50, 50 years of just faithfully walking with the Lord. And uh, I see Carlos, you know, and just the testimony, just one foot after the next, one step after the next. Uh, just God is, is faithful to lead and guide, and, and we just have to, to follow. So others, just uh, maybe a couple more. As a lot of you guys know, I went through a uh, heart surgery about two weeks ago on the 9th of November. They replaced my uh, 
pulmonary valve um, right through a heart cath. So, I mean, just coming from having four open heart surgeries and I'm only, you know, 33 years old, it's a lot of stuff to go through in a lifetime. Um, I've been thrown, you know, lots of curveballs this year and, you know, the Lord's been faithful. Um, the men's Bible study, I mean, they're, they're great too. They, uh, hold me accountable. Um, bunch of great guys, you know, that I can lean on in times of need. Um, today I'm 454 days sober, so that's huge. Because if you would have asked me, you know, a year ago, I probably would have told you I'd probably be dead by my 33rd birthday because I was into, you know, stuff I shouldn't be. And, you know, the Lord just kept pulling me through and he's never given up. And now I'm, you know, leaning in more and more. So praise for that. Thanks, Nick. And yesterday, two weeks removed, Nick was uh, carrying boxes for somebody and uh, moving them. So uh, that was awesome. Yeah, I just want to praise God. Um, it'll be 10 years ago uh, tomorrow that this little guy came to our home. Yeah, so praising that nine years ago, we were able to adopt him. And then also just thankful for this um, body who supported us through our uh, most recent fostering journey. Um, so many were recipients of <laughs> prayer requests and praises and um, just thankful for all those that lifted us up as that has uh, begun a new chapter. So, yeah. Awesome. And we're, we're so thankful for... Uh, you guys bringing Sean into your family so that we could get to know Sean. Sean, you are a blessing to all of us. You are. You uh, bring a lot of life into this room, into any room that you come into. Um, one thing that I forgot to say is that everything that I've gone through in the past year, I could not have gotten through without God. You know, I, I went through and said, oh yeah, I'm sober year, but the glory has to go to God because without God, it wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have picked me up. You know, I wouldn't be here. Awesome. Anybody else? Hi, everyone. It's so good to be back with you. Um, I just want to say how thankful both of us are for all of you um, for giving our chaplains the bicycles. I think you saw the video here of the 25 chaplains from Luapula province that got bicycles. And they, as you saw, were so excited. And actually, the week after that, we were able to give 15 more chaplains bicycles. So 40 of our chaplains received bicycles over two weeks thanks to Restoration Church. So we are so thankful for you, and our chaplains are so thankful um, I was actually speaking with one of our female chaplains before she knew she was getting a bicycle, and she was telling me that she walks 
10 kilometers every single day to go visit her chief, which is over six miles. And she also works full-time as a counselor and is a mom to seven children. And she still walks to visit the chief every day. And she was blown away by the bicycle and was so grateful because this will make her trip so much easier and uh, more efficient. And that's the story of all of our chaplains. And so, yes, we're so thankful for each one of you that gave a bicycle to our chaplains. They are blown away. So thank you. And something cool that's been kind of developing in the past six months or so, right before we, uh, when we left in July, we went back and we started chief chaplaincy in Zimbabwe. And um, if you guys, like a chaplain is like a man of God or woman of God that's a, like a pastor or a mentor to the chief who is the traditional leader for the people. And we've almost got every single chief in Zambia has a chaplain now. And so we've naturally just pushed into the borders of Zimbabwe. And Zimbabwe is an interesting nation because in the 90s, um, if you guys know like Robert Mugabe and his regime drew out all of the, the foreigners and the white people and took away all the land. Um, if, you, if those who didn't flee were killed. And since then, the country kind of went into ruin. Um, they, they took away all, like everybody used to work in, in US dollars, and then um, they, put, they, they took all of the US dollars from everyone and then gave them Zimbabwe dollars. And then Zimbabwe dollars had a crazy inflation where like they had trillion dollar bills and two, you know, just crazy, crazy inflation. Um, so basically robbed the country. And since, since then, it's been in kind of ruins in the regime. Um, but now, a couple years ago, the current president, um, his Excellency Honorable um, Emerson Manangangwa took over the regime from, from Robert Mugabe and has had the opposite with foreigners. However, none of them have come back um, because they're like, you killed my family and took my land. I'm not coming back to your nation. So they flew to South Africa and I haven't come back. And then Tate and I walked up uh, with this chaplaincy vision and they've like, come to the, come to the White House, go to the, come to the State House. We want to like, have you share this to the whole nation. And um, so since then, we've just had incredible... Um, open doors, and this morning I got a, a um, call from the, the the office of the president saying we're very excited for a chief chaplaincy in Zimbabwe. We want to have you come speak to all of the chiefs when you guys get back in in March, and have every single chief in Zimbabwe have a chaplain. So, just this morning, which has been fun. So yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Well, let's, let's stand together. I want to just close our time out uh, singing. And then even with that, like in, in light of what Austin just shared, just such a huge challenge. Uh, we all have been blessed with a life. You know, we're all breathing. We're all moving here today. Uh, but that life is to be lived for the glory of God. And he has put you, uh, maybe not, it might not be in Zambia. It might be in Zealand or Holland or uh, Saugatuck or Hamilton or wherever. He has put you there for a reason. And the reason is to make disciples. The reason is to show the love of Jesus to those around around you. That is the very uh, reason we are here. The reason that we're alive is to tell people about the hope that we have in Jesus. And uh, we have been given so much, um, and we have so much to give to others. And so let's just wrap up our time singing these songs. And just as we sing, just continue to recall uh, all the ways that God has been so extremely faithful to you.